Campfire, a podcast, three dudes kicking it around the fire discussing the day's hot topics, their opinions, and all kinds of banter. Sit back, relax, tune in, and feel the warmth as the red light is about to turn on. Well, the red light is on, guys. Great to meet you one more time. We're on episode Woo! two of season three. This is going We're great. Are we ready? We're ready, ready, ready. Rocking and socking. Oh, well, here great. I am, guys. Great. I'm glad y'all came to see me. Yep, there's Joe talking over me again. Dumb son of a bitch. I never heard you talk. I just heard a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, hope everybody had a, a good week, good two weeks, actually, since we we were together here uh, last weekend. Joe was doing a bit of traveling with the uh, circus that he's joined. He's the bearded woman in the circus. I am the bearded lady. <laughs> I'm the bearded lady. I have learned the art of tucking. Um, I went to Target and bought some kids' clothes that are designed for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows anything you know different. Now, speaking of uh, bearded ladies, I did happen to catch in the news this week the uh, NCAA, NCAA swimmer who won the championship, uh, the tranny, it was a guy. Can you imagine Riley that? Riley Gaines. I can't remember the trainee's name. Anyway, it showed up at a uh, ESPN Legends of the NCAA Awards Banquet thing. They booted Are you off, fucking serious? They booted off stage. Good. Like completely Good. shunned from society. And, well, we just had this conversation earlier this afternoon, Nick. We did. We were talking about this, but I did want to take a moment to just, you know, say congratulations to Riley Gaines. She has won that fight. She might yes, not have dude. won the title. Yes. But everybody knows that she did. That's her title. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. She's fucking awesome. Pretty little blonde girl, badass motherfucker. Smart as a whip and a hell of an athlete. She knew exactly what to do in that scenario. Absolutely. And she put her neck on the line for that, too. Uh, she really did. She stuck her neck out there. She about got her fucking ass whooped by a fucking mob of crazy blue-haired motherfuckers. Dude, that's right, where she was, like, captured, like, basically in the third floor and stuff, where mm -hmm. she was on a speak at, and, like, cops yeah, they had tried to, like, to barricade her. her over and stuff. They tried to extort her. They wanted her to pay them each, like, 10 or 15 bucks to right. let her go. And, and, like, as if they know how to extort, like, you, you each want $15 to let me go? <laughs> what? Right, like, what There's the four of you. What are you talking about? <laughs> Okay, here. 
But, but anyways, yeah, she's a bad motherfucker. I tip my hat to that lady. We need more like her. Absolutely. But Absolutely. Nick and I just, just witnessed this happen. This exact same thing happened today. Almost exact same thing. Well, no, no, no. It wasn't the same thing. And it, it was pretty you know, close, though. So Joe and I were at a cheer competition. Our daughters are in competitive cheer. Um, and you know what? I'm very proud of those two. They Absolutely. They work so hard at it, and they care. They love to cheer, and that's why they're out there doing it. They have fun doing it. I can see that in their faces while they're doing it. And mm-hmm. they deal with a lot of drama on their team, well, naturally, um, which it's, is unnecessary. Uh, maybe that's inherent to all cheer teams. It, I don't know. I am it's so inherent. lost when I go to these cheer comps. I have no idea what's going on. And there are crazy moms running everywhere. So it's, it's not a place for a man to be. I'll be honest with you. It is not. It is not it a is man's not. world. No, it's an uncomfortable spot to be in. You Dude, were I have to say, being a cheer dad for six years and being on board and stuff, you could be a cheer dad and be there and get I mean, to know yeah. what's going on, dude. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just have no idea what's going on, man. You yeah, know, man. I. I mean, I get, I get the format. I, I get, I get a little bit of the technique, but I don't get the culture around it because it is absolutely. Chaotic. A festering wound of estrogen. And that is why all of these toxic things you were talking about there, like how yeah. there's just a bunch of drama and stuff. That it's it's estrogen, guys. Like but we'll not go there right now. Um but yeah, we we witnessed this men dominating in women's sports today with our own fucking eyes. Yes, we did. It was, uh, I'm not going to say it was a spectacle, but uh, it was a spectacle. They were doing jump off. So they were doing some of their more difficult maneuvers. And, um, uh, toe touches, puck, pikes, toe touches, pikes, hurdlers, a lot of other terms I'm not familiar with. Um, so there was one, actually, there were two males. boys out there, two males out there, biological males, and they were competing as males. I guess now we they were not transgender. Them. Let's make that they clear. Were not they were transgender, and I will hand it to both of them. They were both excellent. Man, that one kid, he was doing backflips out there, and he nailed every single one where his feet left the mat. They landed at, and they never moved after he landed. And I know all the other girls had difficulty landing that, but every single he one, stuck all of them, and he won it. Well, yeah, yeah, he's got way more muscle than those other girls do. We're talking about a teenage boy. He's in peak physical condition. I could yep. do a backflip when I was seventeen. Yeah, yep. And I guess who won? Take it like he could. Nick, tell him who won. The guy won. And congratulations to him. I was rooting for him because he was the only guy on the mat. Way to go, testicles. Woo! Manpower. Doesn't it make you wonder 
how well he would have fared with an actual huge group of male cheerleaders because there are a bunch of male cheerleaders out there and and some of them are gay some of them are straight some of them you don't know or don't matter we are talking about Nick, you know the one guy I'm talking about. I don't want to say his name on air, mm-hmm. but we went to high school with him. Yeah. And he, and he went on to college to be a male. School. Nope. He never he went on to college yep. to be a male cheerleader. And this motherfucker, successful. he is ripped. He is stacked. He's a good looking dude. And he's, an, he's well, he's what, and two he's years younger doing. than us? He's still doing Talk. it. He's got a gym. Yeah. Talk about peak, phys- peak physical condition. I'd like to see the kid that won today go up against our buddy from high school or yeah. a group like our buddy from high school. No. No, he would have been lackluster no. at best. You think? But you put him up against a bunch of girls, yeah. Well, He's going to look fucking great. One thing that I don't understand, though, is that why your competition didn't have a subcategory just for him. I mean, I guess they didn't want him to be alone in the competition. But then again, if he's the only one that's categorized out, I mean, you just win by default. It's a participation at that point. But you should still, you know, actually run and, like, compete for judging point-wise. Is how I would say. You know, but that's... I don't even know what the points are in all of this. It's it's, it's well, it's just like I'm kind gymnastics of and stuff. How you do it? Well, yeah, there's a gymnastics. I guess, uh, but there, it's it's different than gymnastics. Yeah, a good thing to think about would be like. Um, like the military color guard and stuff when they go to competitions and stuff or any marching band you can have different right execution points taken off and whatever else in the competition then also the performance and everything else I don't know I think all in all it's a shame because there were some damn good jumpers out there today girls that could have won that thing but that dude was out there showing his ass and I don't think that's fair I just don't it's not fair in the least he whooped the shit out of all them girls though fuck yeah he did especially on that tuck competition tuck off fuck yeah he did you tuck off that dude that dude oh, yeah, did not waver one fucking time. You know, there were there were a few times where they would bring a, a heat up and that heat would do their tuck and the girls would struggle a little bit. He would nail his. But the rest of the girls, because they struggled, they'd make that heat go again. He never once wavered. Yeah, the girls wavered a little bit here and there during their heats, but... It, to him, it was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. It was like it was like waking up and scratching his balls in the morning. It's true. 
he could nail it every time. Yeah. Like, there are certain things that I can do that I can nail every time that other people would struggle with. And it's, it's just not fucking fair. It pisses me off. And, you know, Keith, you asked a little bit ago, like, why wasn't there a subcategory? Well, let me answer that question. It's because we were at a school really close to Columbus. And, you know, obvious. And you're going to have this anywhere, even in rural areas, because we're dealing with white women here. But, uh, you know, that's why. You can't have a subcategory for that. Right. Everybody's equal. Right. Gender doesn't exist. Oh, my gosh. You can't make him compete by themselves. He wasn't by himself, let's be honest. Uh, there was another dude that competed as well. Oh, really? And the dude that won, the dude that won was better than the dude that did not win. But the, they should have competed with each other, not right. with the girls. Right, exactly. Because that's not, that's not right to have it like all set, like set the way that, not together. Unless they're competing as a team. But then the team would have to compete likewise. Well, that was the individual portion. They had already done all the team stuff. Gotcha. So, but yeah, for the individual side, maybe they should have separated that out. They Absolutely. That's what they do in track and field and bowling. Yeah, it's not fucking fair. And it pisses me off. But anyhow, I mean, there's all kinds of crazy shit going on in the world like this. But, you know, some of it's pretty fucking cool. Like, uh, guess what happened in Ohio on Election Day? They legalized weed. Man, I, I tell you right here and now. I cannot wait to try weed for the first time ever. Me too. It'd be man. nice. I I think that I just I just worry about keeping my needles clean when I'm injecting it between my toes. <laughs> That's my thing. Like I just hope I don't get addicted and ruin my life. You don't want to OD on the reefers because then you'll go crazy, and yeah, you'll like. Start smashing your hand with a hammer. Y'all remember Reefer Madness from the 50s? That shit was real, man. That's the truth. I know. Not propaganda at all. I can't believe, you know, Ohio has gone 57% hippie now. Jesus. It's crazy. But, you know, um, really, I was uh, looking at the county-by-county breakdown of issue two and uh you know the voting percentages for each county and you look at like athens county where ohio university is oh it passed by like 90 percent. i think it was oh i don't doubt it but you go up to holmes county where all the amish live it failed didn't it by about as much as it passed in Athens. No shit. 
No I'd shit. Be, I, you know what? I'm going to look that that up because I'd like uh, to see Holmes what County our county did. Holmes County was a 75% no vote on issue two. And I found that hilarious. Joe, our home county here. And you know, the thing about our home county is if you can get something to pass at 51 to 52%, that's a huge victory margin. That yeah. passed by a large percentage. Well, issue two passed by 57% in this county. Shut the fuck up. 57%. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Well, if there's one thing I've learned about farmers in the past several years, it'd be, you know, <laughs> that. I think it kind of did that across most of the counties. Nick, like mine was really camera? close to that, too. <laughs> mine ended up, um, I think, reaching a... <laughs> 56 or 57. Your county was only 56 or 57? Yeah. Oh, I figured it'd be way larger margin than that down there. Mm, no, not in Claremont. Wow. It's all them, it's all them fucking Amish. <laughs> no, we don't have Amish Amish. in Claremont. At most, we have Mennonite. So now, did you guys happen to read the issue? Yeah. Read the, the ballot text. Yeah. I read a few things, and one thing in there that I read is that um, mi minorities get preferential treatment for uh, government loans and grants in order to break into the industry. Basically, if they want to set up a dispensary, then they get all the tax breaks that white folk ain't going to get. Wait, I think we talked about this on our last episode, our first episode of the I think we did three. touch on this. Yeah. So. The, they're of the, so the the sales are not the sales. It's not sales tax, but there is a weed tax, cannabis tax of 10%. And of that 10%, 36% of it goes to that. I don't fucking like that. It almost made me vote no. But I, I'll be the first to admit I didn't have or take the time to look into what that really meant so i just went ahead and voted yes for it because i mean why the fuck not it's i like get it but listen i get it so i've been hearing that now they're talking about because we have such a high republican house that they're going to go in and have that change because they're allowed to change it to where that's taken out even yeah. though that oh, it passed good. they're going to be like oh yeah. well you can't do that and we're going to just return that money to the state it'll go back into the general fund as right. will happen right good but hey you know but what maybe they'll start building fucking road right yeah no shit old troy pike needs some fucking work there that you, hear that, Ohio? you get your asses out there and you start smoking fucking weed because we need new roads, new bridges, and every marijuana that you smoke is another road <laughs> And another school. Yeah, bill. every reefer you do. I would like two marijuanas, please. Because it's already going into also schools, so you're going to get more school money, too. So that's only going to benefit Oh, yeah, there's weed all around thing. these schools. Hell, I, I mean, know all kinds of kids that's got... 
trouble for smoking weed at school. <laughs> well, that's just stupid. Yeah, it are. And stupid is as stupid does. That ain't no shit. <sighs> I know a few kids I'd like to kick squarely in the fucking head. Mm-hmm. But I digress. I th- I think it's. Uh, I'm still torn on it, man. I, I I almost voted no because of the racist bullshit they put in there about you know affirmative action because that's essentially what it was. It's no but, different than the uh, preferential treatment they were giving to African Americans in. Uh, farm grants and programs like i said racism that's racism well it was reparations is what they were trying to do like i said racism like none none of this is not racism anything anything that happens according to the color of one's skin or their ethnicity is racism well, I believe that would be a direct violation of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, right? Yeah, that's why the Supreme Court now roundly rejects affirmative action at, at uh, state universities. And I'm sure the universities are finding a way around it. I know they are, but I'm I'm enjoying my coffee. <laughs> I'm staying. I'm staying. Yeah, I, I I almost voted no because there's something about Nick. You're gonna get pissed because we've been talking about this a lot, and I've been giving you a lot of shit for it. But there's something about it that eats away at my conscience, eats away at my soul. Well, here's what it is. It's just, it's very simple. This is all bread and circuses. If you're familiar with your uh, Roman history in the times of Caesar and his friends, it was very simple to control the populace. All right? You feed them and you give them entertainment. Give them bread and circuses and they will not notice what the Senate yeah. is really doing. Yeah. Wars they were waging and all of that. And, you know, it worked. The, the Colosseum was built for a reason, guys, and it was to control the populace. Yeah. That's it. They weren't selling tickets to get into those lion fights and that shit. That was free. And they were giving them wine and bread. Feed them, get them drunk, entertain them. It's back in the day, man. It's the old Vegas. So, um, I don't... Well, it's the modern media and our uh, pharmaceutical industry also. Right. That's, That's the equation that I'd like to make. Give us a bunch of shit to make us feel good and then entertain us with a yep. bunch of bullshit on TV and the internet and only let us see what you want us to see. They control the flow Same of thing. information, which 
information is a very, very powerful and valuable thing. Um, it it pisses me off. You know, I'm uh, I am very withdrawn from the news cycle, um, mainly because the the bias on both sides just gets to me. You know, it's it every article that you read these days is so heavily laced with propaganda and rhetoric. You just you can't hardly cut through it to find the facts, to find the meat and bones of the article. You know, it is all lipstick on a pig. You know, they use I agree with you for wording. They use you know, a lot of verbs, a lot of adjectives. They got to be real good with them adjectives. But that's it. They they embellish. They exaggerate. Uh, they do whatever they can to twist anything to favor their point of view. Most of these articles lack context. <laughs> and it's 100% a political war. Left versus right, they're both doing it's the not same. not political. Thing. It is not political. It's cultural. I'll give you that. It's cultural. Because politics is downstream of culture. And to that end, since you bring up that it's cultural, the true cultural battle that is happening in this country is rural versus urban culture and rural versus urban societies, because there are different values and different ways of life for both groups. Okay, I, A year ago, and I would have agreed with it, you. I'm not so sure anymore, but when you're, it comes you're on to, to something. When it comes to government and legislation and the way laws are made, I mean, 98% of the laws that are made these days are made for urban peoples. They're made for an urban way of life. And they don't necessarily apply to a rural way of life. But so often we get caught in the crossfire on this. Well, they apply. They just don't work. Um, the other thing is, you know, we're outnumbered. So um, there's a lot more people in town than there are in rural areas. Ohio is a wonderful example of this because there are truly three heavily populated areas, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Columbus. Those three areas always vote blue. The rest of the state votes red, yet this is a battleground state. So we're split 50-50. And there is your fight. It's urban versus rural cultures. And it's very easy to take that and make it seem like it's all about race, okay? It's very easy to do that. That's how they're able to run away with so many racist narratives when they're attacking conservatives. It's um, it's, it's just a wonderful scapegoat, but nobody will actually come out and say, no, this is a city versus country problem. It absolutely is city versus country. But remember this, okay? 
country people don't necessarily have to go into the city. And I know plenty of country people that avoid the city. Okay. Yep. Just so happens that that's where the grocery store is. Well, okay? we just talked about a family that we know and love that don't have to go to they the don't city for really a fucking to. thing. Right. They don't the live. They they do it but all themselves. Here's my here's my point. We don't have to go to the city for anything, but those people in the city they will have to come out here to the country. There's not enough food, heating, anything in the concrete jungle of most urban sprawls. So um, that's something to remember. When the shit goes south, I'm gonna go get dinner and I'll be back in an hour when I shoot it, skin it and bring it in to cook it. What are they going well, to do that, when there's they that one comedian. The there's that one comedian that did his stand-up in some big city. I can't remember where it was. I don't think it was here in Ohio, but he uh, he was in a big city doing a, doing a stand-up show in a comedy club and his point was uh, pretty much... Uh, Hey, we're all Democrats here. I know we are. We're in the city. Why do we make fun of rural people so much? You know, without Republicans and rural people and conservatives, we wouldn't have shit. They're the ones that cook, you know, raise all our food. They're the ones that make all the money. They're the ones that give value to everything. And then he made the comparison of like, you know, what do we do here? Oh, wow, that's cool what you're doing there with your life. Uh, you can't eat a fucking podcast, can you? Right, exactly. Perfect point. Like, yep. No, you don't add value to anything when it comes down to it. Well, Going to the grocery store is only going to last you so long. If something bad, really fucking bad happens on a large scale... Yeah. The rest of us are going to be fine. I mean, shit, I'd struggle. I'd struggle. You know what? No offense to Keith and probably you, Joe, but, you know, that computer programming ain't going to mean a fucking thing when an EMP hits, when there's no electricity, oh, when oh, the whole fucking grid goes down. I disagree with now, that. Well, we, Keith, we know how to make our own you're power. You're an outdoorsman. You'll be just fine. You'll slip into the woods and nobody will see you for years. The thing is, though, is oh, who says that I don't like have a cache that I have stuff in Faraday cages that I can make work after the MP happens? Yeah. We got fucking Faraday bags and cages and shit. You go fuck yourself. Yeah. I have backups. They will we last. We got it figured out. We'll get hit with something that's Nick, gonna actually you look like, a little confused. us a little bit if uh if yeah. These no, Faraday no, no, bags no, no, no. and Faraday cages are, are there to protect our electronics uh, I hear you, and our yeah. data. However, yeah. but when it comes down to it, Keith and I were discussing this the other night when we were on a phone call together. Um <coughs> we were talking about uh caching and the different steps that we see we might need for survival in a large scale disaster like that. And the first step was, you know, having things on hand, prepping, you know, canned goods and jugs of water and stuff and, and, and maybe some geocaching, which would lead to the second step. But beyond that second step, you need to have a bigger plan. I mean, just because an EMP hit or 
solar flares hit or something like that doesn't mean that I cannot get um, an old bridge port running again. That's not that electronic. It's That's just true. a fucking bunch of motors. That's not chips. Get some crackhead to pedal a bike and fire that son of a bitch up. Exactly. We can make our own power. We we have the know-how to start manufacturing the tools we need to manufacture more tools to get the things right. done that are going to keep us sustainable. I want to back up a minute here because you were talking about you know stockpiling supplies. You brought up getting canned food, and that is a common yeah. idea. People yeah, yeah but it's it's that. a it's just like that's a temporary really, stopgap. That's not really what you want to do. That's it's stage not one. Item. One, you need salt. You need a fuck ton of salt, okay? Because mm-hmm. you're going to want to start salting your meat that you're harvesting, okay? That's stage Dead three. Game. You want a lot of salt. You want flour. You're going to want some sugar. You better stockpile sugar in some way, somehow. You need to stockpile things like that that are absolute necessities. I, I agree with you to an extent, Nick, but stockpiles are, are, are temporary. They're, they're not sustainable. You can have all the fucking That's water right. that you want and all the canned goods and all the flour. A full of salt. It's, yeah, that'll keep. Yeah, it'll keep, but you'll use it and then it'll be gone. Then what do you do? I know where some Who's going to go is... mine the up? Who's going to mine or desalinate the rest of the salt you're going to need for the next 30 years? Listen, these are things Stop to guys. think about after you survive the initial. Um, Precisely. Stage one. This is stage one. Or P0. You don't need MREs and canned food because, like I said, I'm going to walk out my front door and I'm going to go shoot dinner. I'm going to go fishing. That's what's going to happen there. Good luck. Be nice to have, you know, a few weeks of MREs. It'd be nice. Yeah, because a lot of people are for the first time hunting anyway. A deer could feed a family of five for what? Probably a month. A week and a half, two weeks? I can make it last a month. Okay, cool. But you're going to spend a lot of time curing that deer and preparing that deer mm-hmm. in that very in that in those very first couple weeks after that disaster. The last thing that you've got time for is all of that. Right. That's what the MREs are for. Yeah. That's what the stockpiles are for. That's As a stopgap to get you to the point to where. Okay, now, now I've got all these other important things taken care of, like shelter, safety, and a community. Because without those things, it's not going to happen. Okay. Then, at that point, that's when I would start looking at, okay, what, what resources do I have around me that I can exploit? And not, not exploit, but um, be a steward of. Listen, this That's how this stage is, two. This is how this is going to most likely go for like you and I. 
You wake up in the morning, you grab your cell phone. Oh, I got no service. What the hell's going on? This is weird. Don't know what's going coffee. on. You, what's you coffee? Coffee's next. Oh, I got no power. What the fuck? Well, this pisses me off. So now your first instinct is we got to fire up some coffee. So you go outside. I've got a propane camp stove. And I go to that right now. That never fails me, honestly, as long as I got propane on hand. But uh, you look south and you see, oh, shit, Dayton's on fire. The whole fucking sky is burning. We must have got whacked. Well, guess I don't have to go to work today. Might as well go clean the guns. Yeah, yeah. I'll be about it. You're not really going to notice it out here. What are you going to eat? You gonna go kill a deer right then and there? Well, I'm gonna assess my situation and oh. go from there. Of course, every situation is gonna be different, but you know. I mean, to, if you're to in think town, that, really, to think that is... stockpiling is useless. And in, in, in the meantime, and in, in the short term, it's not. It's it's a it's gonna okay. be it's gonna be something that really gives you and your family the you're protecting and trying to keep alive a sense of psychological well-being that if it wasn't there you're all fucked because this isn't just about reality this is also about psychology and and if the rest of your family is fearing for their lives and they're inconsolable what are you to do if you can't hand them a can of fucking soup and say here everything's going to be all right. We got plenty of this. We got we got we got plenty of we got plenty of spam. We got plenty of water. Knowing on the inside you got 2 weeks of that shit. You got 2 weeks before all that's gone. Without that psychological readiness, it's going to be really fucking hard cuz it ain't just you, Nick. It ain't just me and it ain't just Keith. I understand that. And Number one, we already have that community that you spoke of. We live in a wonderful community, and the community absolutely would come together in that type of situation. And I firmly believe that nobody would go hungry as long as they were inside of the community. Mm-hmm. And where the fuck? Would. Um, we would definitely take care of our own. So... Uh, All I'm saying is what your first move would be in that situation. It it depends on the situation. Like and like if it's an EMP, okay, cool. All the power is out, we got no technology. That's pretty fucking easy. But if it's if it's a nuclear blast, you've got a whole nother world Mm -hmm. to deal with. How close are you? Which way is the wind blowing? Now the what most are we going to go, do to counteract the radiation? Communications. The most important thing is outside communication, and now we're going to need some ham radios, right? I don't think communication is that fucking important. We didn't have communication for thousands of years until we also telegraph. didn't have nuclear fucking weapons. And when you need to find out what way the radiation is going, ham radio things like that come in very handy also just to find out what's going on in the world powers down 
There's no internet. There's no TV. We well, don't know what's going on anyway. Nick, Nick, operate a ham radio through the ionosphere, through a radioactive cloud of ionized radiation. Not going to happen. Well, the nuke's not going to hit near here. I mean, the closest it would hit would be Dayton. Right, Pat? Dayton would probably be hit because of right, Pat, yes. It's um, more than likely one of the top five. Probably, honestly. But however, like... Uh, Maybe. I'll give it top ten. I, if, 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 if I'm going to plan for this, I'm just going to look back and see what people did before the advent of technology that's 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 our key right there that's it they didn't have ham radios they didn't have that kind of communication i mean they had a hard fucking way to go don't get me wrong and technology the, the advent of technology really helped the population of the earth grow exponentially because we had all of these things at our disposal however People yeah. did it for thousands of years beforehand. There's so another that's one thing that I was going to say, though, is that you know we need to really start learning how to do orienteering and being able to read maps and Fuck be yeah. able to fucking navigate yeah. even by without a compass, but still be able to roughly see how yeah, far navigation. you are. Yeah. Yeah. What direction are you going and how far are you going in that direction before you change directions? Must add, right, subtract rule. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's you're right. You need to know those things. Those are all very vital. Um, I guess I'm lucky. I can I can read a topographical map just as easily as I can read a road map. Um, I I'm I'm very aware of declination and how to properly use a compass to land navigate. Um, counting your steps and keeping a pocket full of rocks and switching one every hundred steps, things like that. Little tricks. Uh, you can measure your distance, how far you've traveled in a given direction. Take like um, ranger beads. But going ranger back beads. to this whole mm-hmm. scenario, you know, one aspect that I guess maybe you're not truly considering here and it's there in my mind is that uh, it's not just going to be uh, drop a nuclear bomb and it's over. That's it. No, it might be a prolonged attack. It might be a war. Right. Yeah. There might you be have an to get entire the fuck infantry out. division coming. And yeah. that, I guess that is the side that worries me. What's, what's following the attack. Now, in my mind, and Joe, you know, with that novel I was writing, I put some some forethought into this on what it would actually take to... I know. I know um, where we ended up down there in that ravine off of Runkle Road by the Dooleys. I mean, the book was about, you know, the fall of America and then the rise of America after that. Um, but uh, part of that was you know, a massive organized terrorist attack. And the only way that it really worked out, at least in my thinking here. Hey, let's be clear. This is a very fucking possible thing right now. And by the way, I've been writing this book for 
20 years. So um, <laughs> <laughs> these are ideas that aren't new. This is all 15 years old, all right? But um, the, what it would take is massive uh, terrorist attacks, and I mean bombings, large-scale bombings, uh, on not just civilian targets, but infrastructure, and I mean power, uh, power stations, hospitals, things like this, uh, bridges in major cities. Um, and it would have to be uh, multiple strikes in a city and in multiple major cities spread all across the country. And I mean, uh, like here in Ohio, you could guarantee that Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati would be hit and burning in chaos. Absolute yep. chaos. Yep. And uh, in that right scenario, it's different. In that scenario, all of your, what we call social services, your fire, your EMT, the hospitals, police, police, it will all be overwhelmed and everybody's going to be on their own. There will be no more government. There's no power. There's no phones. There's nothing. Nobody's coming to help you. You are on your own, especially for those of us out here in the country. We will be the last to get any kind of help or response. However, we will be the first to get help and response from our neighbors and our community. I don't know if it's going to be that way inside of the cities. I see the cities falling into mass chaos, looting, the rioting, rape, murder, pillaging, Absolutely. the worst parts of the Bible. That's what I think every major city would evolve into. And uh, as soon as those cities went into things like that, people would start fleeing from the cities. They're going to try to get out of there, and they're going to come out into the country. And, and by that point, we're all going to be dug in. Because they're desperate, okay, two things. They have two choices. One, they can come begging and asking for help, and maybe they will and they will be welcomed and given the help. Or they decide they're gonna come and try and take it from us. I don't necessarily think, take it. I don't think that it's a given that they're gonna be welcomed. Have you ever tried? Let me ask you this, Nick. Would you ever drive down a road, a dirt road in a holler in uh, the hills of Tennessee? and just walk, drive up to someone's house. Would you do that? If I needed something, yes. That's I know how to talk to those people. Well, you better learn how to, I mean, I hope you do, because they they shoot first and ask questions later. I spent true. quite a bit of fucking time down there, dude. They don't, they're not as welcoming as you think they are. But they see a stranger are. walking up their lane, yeah. you got a double barrel in your fucking face. Very true. You'll yep. be lucky if they don't just squeeze one off before they ask you who you are and what the fuck you want. That's not gonna happen everywhere, man. And I'm but however, up here in Ohio, you're right, it is different. We're not that way. But down south, it's that way, dude. It's that but, way. 
I see what you're saying. Yes, I see what you're saying. We're, you, we're definitely more right. welcoming up here. You're right. Not everybody would be welcome. However, and I'm not talking not, about like a small minority of people like this. By, by no, the time this that will be all of hordes the cities fall, of people, hordes of people pouring yeah. out of the cities. Yeah. And more likely than not, they're just going to come and take what they want. And not die. care who they hurt in the process. That's 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 why they're going to die, unfortunately. Yes, that's why in my book there was a group of people trying to organize this and bring them in and, you know, set up tent cities and temporary villages for people and try to organize all this. That's this is part this of reminds novel. me of some, what you're describing reminds me of something. I, I can't put my finger on it. It's uh, El Paso, Texas. And every little town along the border of Mexico. Except, well, okay. Yeah, it might be because the other side of this is we're going to take the men and start putting them into training camps and give them oh. a rifle and teach them how to shoot. And we're going to take the fight back to the enemy here. We're going to start us a militia. I think you're far too trusting. Because what men are you getting out of the fucking city? Well, that was the also... Men that, uh, the men that uh, are missing their Prozac for the day? Yeah. <coughs> Did I piss him off? I had to run across the street pick up some scratchers <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly picking up some scratchers that's great what are they going to do with up to scratchers to get their dopamine well i had the racket i reckon i was viewing this am i through the lens yeah. of your novel, which is quite intriguing, actually. I've, I've, I've heard you tell me this story about your novel in different variations over the years. Probably, I don't know, a hundred times. And I love it every single fucking time. This is a good fucking book. I know, but I feel like if I actually write it, it's going to happen. Because since I've had the idea for this novel, every idea I've had about Comes how Roy America is coming true. And that's the point I was making when I started talking about this, is that every step of the way, it, it, it comes true. The, the, the widespread corruption in the social the unrest. Now, now we have reports coming out that all of these uh, senators are compromised by China and by Russia. And it's exactly what I had happening in my book because that's that that is what it would take to cripple America and bring it to its knees, dude. In just and, seven short years, oh, all God. those things you're saying seven years ago, all oh, those things you're true. saying were conspiracy theories and we were nut jobs. But now, what come find out it's all true, it's oh, all true. Every bit of it, every, every bit of it's fucking bit true. Is true. 
And yeah, the civil unrest. And you know the only thing that's left to happen, according to my novel, the only thing that's really left to happen is the big attack. Yeah, the actual the, attack itself. The, the giant anti-D Day. That's why we're all sitting here just chomping at the bit like, oh, fuck, it's coming any time. You know it's fucking coming. Oh, wait, there was another caveat there. The big, massive terrorist attack, it pretty much wipes out everybody in Washington. Most Hmm. of the federal government's dead. They make sure they wipe out the entire line of succession. Hmm. Well, I never thought I would be grateful to terrorists, but... I know that part Thank wasn't you. so bad. <laughs> that, that that ain't so bad. That ain't so bad. So that's all the bad side of the novel. But on the good side of it, uh, the average citizens of America band together. You know, they form communities. They help each other out. They do as we always do. Militia. They come up with a plan to uh, uh, counter the coming battle. Because it's coming. And uh, the overall idea there, the military strategy in the book, is that the citizens' militia only has to uh, delay the coming infantry invasion, um, most likely uh, Russian on the east coast because uh, the chinese are invading up the west coast and let me tell you what they had a really really hard time getting through la they thought they'd steamroll la and they fucking didn't all them gangs down in la they banded together they pulled their guns and they started firing back and they held in my book la holds Hey, man, you know, I, I like this <clears throat> sense of community that you're talking about. This is what America's about. But let's be clear and honest. This. It's not just America. Do you think for one second the citizens of China wouldn't do the same thing for each other? Because it's not the Chinese people that are a threat to us. It's their government. It's not the Russian people that are a threat to us. It's their government. So people all over the world, Asia, Europe, Africa, North, South America, we do that for each other. It's not just an American thing. Sure, it's definitely a highlight of the American experience. We do it like no one else does. I don't think for one second that you know what you bring up a good point there. You bring up a very good point there because America it's a it's a it's a it's a a a characteristic of humanity itself. Yes. And we're all fucking humans. America has this reputation in the world, you know, for for winning wars and I you know, being the global policeman and we're you know, Billy Badass and the Conquerors, Invaders, blah, blah, blah. But nobody ever talks about all the humanitarian things that our military has done. Um, and I, I always think of Rwanda when, uh, you know, 
we deployed our military during a time of peace. We deployed a peacetime military to deliver humanitarian aid to the refugees in Rwanda. You guys remember that back in the 90s? Vaguely, yeah. Okay. And this is how we got involved in Somalia and Mogadishu, the whole yeah. Black, Black Hawk Down. Yes. That whole incident. Um, it all started as what in the military, we called it military operations other than warfare. God damn, and that's a good movie. I need to watch Black Hawk Down again. It is pretty good. Um, Josh Harnett is weird in it, though. I know, but I, I don't even fucking care. I don't even fucking care. That's a goddamn good story. That's a good fucking story. But you're right. That was humanitarian. It was all humanitarian aid. Um, they did, uh, you know, in the late 90s, the U.S. military was in Africa a lot doing humanitarian aid. Yep. We got involved with our guns in some places down there also because you know it was necessary to protect our assets and i get that but at no time did we conquer or invade we do not have any colonies in africa we went down there to help we truly did we went into bosnia herzegovina to help we were there to help NATO fucked yeah. that up. NATO fucks everything up. Fuck NATO. Fuck NATO and fuck the UN. Fuck them all. Disband that shit. Get the people out. Arrest the criminals. Burn the buildings to the ground and salt the fucking earth. Same with the Gaza Strip. Oh, shit. God damn. That was a quick segue. I've been waiting for that one. Well, I mean, it just... You you were saying it. I just I'm just saying you'll have to go a little deeper than burning the buildings down to get rid of those fucking terrorists, Joe. Like you're we gonna have to go that night when I was explaining this to you. I am a believer, but when the time comes, I will do unspeakable, ungodly, unholy things to all enemies of Christianity. Well, that would be called righteous anger. So why would that yes, be ungodly? Sir. But if you're doing it for, like, your gain, that would be not correct. Common mis- uh, mis- on misconception. The contrary, oh, God. I would do it entire, entirely selflessly because, yeah. well, I mean, that's how I was trained to serve, and that is the true meaning of service. You're not supposed to gain anything from it. Well, here's the common misconception. We we have a a a fair and righteous God, but He is a vengeful God. Listen, I have always been one to more subscribe to the Old Testament version of God than the New Testament version because King James had to kind of Disney. God for people. That's really what happened with the New Testament. The Old Testament is some scary shit. It's it's fire and brimstone in a very vengeful, wrathful God. Realistic way. 
that's the not New really Testament vengeful. is a very loving God who's discipline. going to forgive you of all your sins, hmm. right? And that's what I hear from all of these no. Christians no. who are prophes. Proth- proth- they're trying to get me to convert. Prophetizing. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, they all say, well, you know, God forgives all and all of this. And I'm like, well, uh, he does all that to the people of Gomorrah. Yeah. Maybe try some to of them will repent. Well, they, never, uh, they, they never had a chance. No, they did. Yeah, they did. They, they had plenty of chances and they chose not to repent and just oh, kept sucking and right. fucking each other. But really, do you, you think people it, were that... cutting their dicks off and calling themselves women in Sodom and Gomorrah? What does that have to transgenderism? Yeah, there was transgenderism in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. There was. Yeah, is that documented in the Bible? They actually yeah. talk about transgenderism in the Bible. Oh Jesus Christ! Here we go with this fucking bullshit of well. If I didn't say it specifically, then no, 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 no. This is pure curiosity here. Okay. Well, what do you think? A bunch of people fucking and sucking each other for decades on end. Men lying with men, women lying with women, and a couple generations of this shit. Of course, there were people that were transgender. Oh wait, of course there were people that were mentally ill. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, we get that. We and get then, that. of course, there were other people that reinforced that you're, you're looking for their own sexual humanistic benefit. Shut the fuck up for two seconds. Could you look you're the one that asked if it was actually documented. I was wondering, does the Bible actually say in some way uh, a two-gendered person, a bi-gendered person, a, uh, you know, a male had become a female if there was some mention of that there in the Bible, or if you're just... No, that's not what you asked me, motherfucker. That's not what you asked me. Is transgenderism in the Bible? That's what I asked you. No. Do they mention transgenders in the Bible? Not sure, Keith. you want to take this one? No, they don't. Because... Well, then it must be okay. I'm not Christians saying are... that. Shut the Christians fuck up. Are... Fucking it is a, just I a fucking, fucking knew it. It is a motherfucking question, and it's so simple. But to answer your other the question, is that we're talking about stuff from the beginning of the Bible it is actually reflected question. into the back of the Bible. So it's just a mirror in between. Yeah, it really is. It's it's a mirror image. The Old Testament and the New Testament are a mirror image of each other. So, but the reason I got so fired up there, Nick, is because questions are asked with intent. You want to know something for a reason. We're getting a little off track here. We were talking about the end of times. and We still are talking about the end of times. We haven't gone away from that topic one bit. This is still talking about... Armageddon, end of times. Well, if we got dudes chopping their dicks off and chicks wishing they had peckers, we're pretty fucking close. Sniffing at the gates. 
We are sniffing at the gates. It seemed that way. Huh. And and uh, this idea that that our secular culture has, where if it's not in the Bible or if the Bible says it's wrong, then those people are fucking damned to hell. No, that's not what it fucking says. Like, the Bible doesn't tell you to kill people because they're gay. The Bible wants you to... God wants you to... Love everybody. Love those gay people. And in loving them, you help them realize the error of their ways. Same with thieves. You love the thief. And you try to help the thief see the error of his ways. And try to help him or her, excuse me, or them, correct their ways and repent. And embrace God and love God and live. It's not up to them to judge either. It's not up to who to judge. Uh, the Ooh. high and mighty Christians. That well, no, it's up to them to be day. like, hey, I see that you're doing something that you probably shouldn't be doing. So come on in. Let's have dinner. Let's talk about it. Let me tell you how much I care about you and why I wish you would not do the things you're doing because it's 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 really hurting you. It's going to end you. It's You're going to end end up going down a dark path that you that that is the idea of christianity and that's you're prophetizing that you hate so much like that that's what it's all about it's not about judging other people like the god gave me eyes and ears and a brain you're allowed and to then judge. he gave me words to live by yeah i am allowed to look at someone and their actions and say that's wrong hey come here let's have a talk Right. It's called discernment. Wisdom. Now, for discernment. sure, Nick. For sure, Nick. When when these old crotchety motherfuckers go to Perkins on Sunday morning after church. Perkins. Yummy. Rip, rip up a fucking drug-addled waitress that doesn't know her ass from a hole in the ground. And all she's doing is trying to get some dick, some money, and some heroin. And then they fucking just tear her apart. They're wrong. They're in the wrong. They're doing it the wrong fucking way. Those are the people you're talking about. But true Christians would look at that person and write their phone number down with a $50 tip and then sit out in the parking lot and wait for that person to get off work and give them a hug, tell them how much they're loved, and offer some fucking help. That's Christianity. Yes. Not judgment. That's Christianity. And that's the kind of stuff my grandmother would do. She'd take a look at somebody and she would just, she would honestly, she would feel pity. She would feel bad for them and she would want to help. And they didn't have a lot of money. My grandparents were, you know, poor, small farmers. They, you know, had no money, but she would make sure to leave a little extra money for that wage. Yeah, but me all knew how to handle the checkbook. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah, that's true. She did. She did. She was a very, very smart lady. Extremely smart. 
Yep. I guess my point is I'm, I'm really fucking sick of this misconception people have because of bad fucking Christians. Like myself, I'm not a good Christian. Never claimed to be. But I see the difference. And it's in in our society and in our culture, Christianity has this stigma that we're all just a bunch of proselytizing, hypocritical motherfuckers that would just judge anybody we see. Fuck that. I'm over it. I'm fucking sick of it. And I'm ready to fight over it. Like, I'm ready to band up with an army over it. Like, that's that's how strongly I'm starting to feel about this. Okay. Well, I know I sound like right a fundamentalist, fundamentalist or whatever, but I'm, I'm over it. I know the difference between good and evil. You guys do, too. You need to uh, read my book. There's uh, things you can do to help out because, uh, you know, the citizens militia didn't just pop up when the bombs went off and the Russians rolled up the eastern seaboard. Fuck no, um, we already have our militia. I, me and you and Keith, we all know already, who to. We already right, know what to do. The community to band to. together with family and friends, and word spread that hey, we feel like something bad's coming, and we need to kind of prepare here and start to organize. And you got that cousin out in Iowa. Well, you need to get a hold of him somehow and tell him he needs to do the same thing with his buddies, and then. When the shit hits a fan, all these groups are already organized. And before you know it, what we've organized into is a resistance. A lot of tiny cells. Call them terrorist cells, if you will. If you were on the other side of this fight, you'd call us terrorists. But on this side of the fight, we're resistance fighters. All right, now we're now we're getting into fucking. Now we're starting to talk about Bajor and the. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Because the even in Deep Space Nine, the Bajorans were based on France during World War II, and the French resistance fighting the Nazis, because the Cardassians are based on World War II Germany. Well. And that, let's be clear, they're they're called the National Socialist Party, but they were fascist. I don't care what anybody yeah, says. Fascist. We're digressing from our point here again. Yeah, we are. We are. And to get back to the point, uh, th- this story is fucking great, and I like the the uh, congruencies you're drawing here. But. If I back up from that further and go back to this biblical thing that we were talking about, all of those things already happened. Those communities were already formed. They didn't have to make a plan. They didn't have to prepare. They didn't have to recognize that there was an imminent threat. They just live that way, as the Jews do. As the Jews in Israel do, and Jews all over the world do, they just know that they better fucking be prepared. And they live their lives that way. That that's just how it is. And and you know, accepting accepting the difference between good and evil, and God and Satan, 
that's your first step in preparedness. You start living the way you're supposed to live, you're already fucking prepared. You're already halfway there. You don't fear death anymore. You're talking about preparing your soul. Yes, but also just... It's it's a series of steps in making the right decisions. Yes, it, it also helps you prepare your soul for meeting your maker. But it's way beyond that. It's also in preparing your soul and in preparing yourself, you're preparing everyone around you. You're living your life in a way that you don't need to depend on anyone. This is the difference between what the left calls rights and what is actually negative rights. Like I have a right to the, to defend myself. I have a right Mm -hmm. to freedom of speech. I have a right to, um, due process. Those are negative rights because no one has to provide me with those services. The, what the left calls rights is not really rights. Someone has to have their rights infringed upon in order to provide me with that right. So if you live your life in a way so as to not infringe on anyone else, if I am 100% self-sufficient, I don't need your food, I don't need your help, I don't need your water, I don't need your labor, then you're already... You know, three quarters of the way there. But then in the in the last part of that, when those things are needed, that's where the biblical community comes in. And when you are actually in need, it's it's not infringing upon one's rights. That community's already there with with that deer already fucking cured to put in your cellar. That community is already there to, to help put a roof over your head or fix your clothes or or give you fuel or firewood or because you're already three quarters of the way there and they know that you're trustworthy and you're part of the community and that you're virtuous, actually virtuous, not not someone that says I stand with transgenders or uh, free Palestine from the river to the that that that's not what I'm talking about. I'm Talks talking about you've displayed page. you have displayed your own virtue by way of just living your life in a clean, self-sufficient way. Well, isn't that what the church is? What you just described. Yes. Being part of the church and the church community. Yes. So it's, it's it's literally social fabric. And that's why we uh, we have eroded that social fabric so much. This is what you and I were talking about. Remember when me and you got in that heated debate about religion on my way back from down south the other night? Yes. yes. That's what, this is the message I was trying to convey to you. And I don't think I did a very good job. That's the message I was trying to convey to you. Our social fabric is so eroded because of the lack of this, for lack of a better term, religious community. Like, 
we, we this separation of church and state thing has gone so fucking far off the rails. So far off the rails with the help of horrible Christians that rip rip drug addict waitresses up and down on Sundays after church. It, like it, that's why we are in the position we are in. We worship evil things and and hate good things. We do. That's that's our society. Hedonism and and selfishness and narcissism are rife in our fucking society. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's fucking sickening. And I am I am at fault. I have fallen get victim to that, and you have too. Yes. Absolutely. We all have at different degrees. The fact that we all stare at these cell phones all the time is kind of, you know, proof of that. We're all guilty. We're buying into the bread and circuses. Well, how many times have we sat with our cell phones and had our dicks in our hands? Does that help anybody? No, it doesn't. But how many times have we done that? And in the long run, it actually hurts people. It hurts you. And it hurts our loved ones. Like, it, I, I know that that's a really far stretch. I, I know. It's a stretch. We're but it's, it's not good for our family. If, that if we were to do that. Wasted time that you could have spent, you know, doing any number of things to better your lives for you and your children. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. And again, I'm not fucking perfect. I'm not saying that I haven't done those these things, but you 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 mentioned to me the other night that I, I was kind of alarming you in my principles because I'm really digging my heels in, and I'm uh, really getting not, uh, more on the religious you, side. In your principles, you're not alarming me in your principles. It's what you no, you're right. You said it was that I was kind supporting everything. It was it's kind of regurgitating things. And I told you that I was worried about some of your sources and that you're getting too much bias. No, I seek out the bias. Like I'm and, conscious of what I'm I'm looking at. And that's why I look at it, because I know the difference between right and wrong. Like I'm not gonna go watch MSNBC or Fox News or ONN or CNN or any of it, any of that stuff. I, I have done my due diligence when it comes to the people I trust. I know a lot of people don't like Ben Shapiro in the in the Daily Wire. I like those guys because I've looked into it. I've looked into it. I've weighed the things they said against reality, and and my mind, which I think is quite fucking sound, what they say. Number one, it makes the most sense to me. And number two, they're almost always fucking right. Almost always right, especially Ben. Ben is almost always fucking right. That's that's why I choose to to partake of their product. I I pay for it. I pay every month for it. Because I trust it. I don't question one thing those guys say. Hardly That's ever do. I can't say that. I sometimes question some of it. I mean, but everything they say, 
makes sense. It lines up what I with what I see with my own fucking eyes and hear with my own ears and process with my own fucking brain. And it all lines nobody. up. Trust nobody. Like no fucking Mulder. What about what about the fucking community we just talked about? I don't trust them either. Well, fuck you then. So to speak, fuck you. I mean, like you, you have to. I trust that they're not a Russian agent and they're not in bed with a Russian agent in some way. You know, I can trust that. I can trust that when the shit hits a fan and it's us versus them, that they are us. You know. What okay. I mean? Here we talked about this today. You do not trust me in hand-to-hand combat to defend your life. Rightfully so. I'm a fat, aging piece of shit with horrible cardio health and a drinking problem. But however, in that same token, I trust that you What if I what if I were in a most likely defend me with your life? Okay. So what is trust? What are we talking about here? Do you think I would ever stab you in the pack or go no. against you or, no. or or do something against you that you didn't know about? If I was going to do something against you, I'd fucking tell you to your face and you fucking know it. Right. I'd tell you all the goddamn time. But the I also same know that a lot of the people around here are not like that. And they will talk about me behind my back, as is evidence about, you know. Ah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Well, but well, again, anyways, like like you ever trusted that person to begin with? Didn't know him. Did not fucking know him. They're a stranger. An absolute fucking stranger. Again, not part of the community. Right. You trust your community. But they are part if of the community. you don't have community. that trust, no, they're not. No, they're fucking The greater not. community around here, where we live here, and it's a small community. It's a very small community. So, Yes. That individual is a part of this community. No, I don't think so. And when the shit, if we're talking about if the Armageddon scenario happened and the shit hits the fan tomorrow, and well, this community we got a breeder. band together. We got a breeder. I mean, that's all that person's good for. If that. Like, I wouldn't even want that shit in, in the fucking bloodlines going yeah, down the way. Listen, in times of war, concubines are considered having every bit the honorary service that the soldiers do for whom they service. Well, times have changed, and we know how... Yeah, that was a really nice way to say that. Yeah, anyway, going on. (laughs) I love where this has gone. Uh, I put your boy Crowder on that one, didn't I? So, um, Keith, are you still live over? Yeah, man. I'm still here. Okay. I think I hear you typing so, away over there, but I think he's trying helps. to keep up with all of our segues at this I th- point. I think he's just wishing we would shut the fuck up. No, I'm just letting you guys roll on. Wait, I wait, my, my point camera, is, so. there's a total difference between the community right now as it stands today and how the community would be after a major apocalyptic attack when it is necessary for everybody to band together. 
Concubines. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we did cover that, didn't we? Okay, moving do you, on. Do you think, are there any doctors in our community that can reverse vasectomies? How are we going to repopulate? I don't know. <laughs> How's that chiropractor across the road from your street? Oh, that mother <laughs> smokes a lot of dope. <laughs> you might be better off with going down to the vet. She might be yeah. able to that thing back together. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. I know, I know what fixed. you do. You stop in there and you <laughs> ask uh, the guy who owns the gas station if he's got a sister who's a urologist. Because, you know, a lot of them Sikhs and Indians, they got. They do. Yeah, that's how you do they that. Do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it'd be hard to book a, book a flight or a boat to. Uh, Bangladesh in that situation, but I'd sure give it a shot. Well, no. Okay, never mind. You're not. Yeah. I, I do see what you're saying. Your train of thought goes one way and mine goes the other. Oh, yes, it do. That's why we argue so fucking much. All right. Okay, enough. Enough. The listeners don't want to hear our dumb shit here. Hey! Last night was fucking good shit. Sitting around that fucking fire. It's the first time I've ever sat down around a fire. Everybody was singing along. It's the first time it's ever happened. Of course, pretty much everybody there was a musician on some level. Yes, but that's the first time that's ever happened to me where I sat down by the fire or in a group of people with the guitar and just started strumming. It's not like I, I, I was doing my best to not be invasive. I just was strumming quietly. Wasn't using a pick. I was just using my fingers and being quiet on a guitar. And next thing I knew, Judy's over there fucking singing STP. Yeah. Because that's what I was playing. And then as the night went on, more and more people were singing. And before you know it, every single motherfucker was singing, except that one bitch that we won't fucking talk about. I gotta sing about. What songs do you know, Joe? Well, uh, all, all the fucking well, songs that I've been playing yeah, for the past half hour. Another, that's the, another the thing to consider there is that everybody sitting around that fire has a connection because we have made music together and we made a lot of music together throughout years of our lives. You know, uh, you and I marched together for seven years, six years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we marched with you for at least three. I marched with him for four. Same with Fish. Yeah. Um, and anybody who's played music, any musician, will tell you when you play music with somebody uh, that you do have a connection. Uh, at some you know, spiritual, emotional level, there is a connection to those people. It's almost like making love to somebody in a lot of ways, you're forever going to be connected to them. Um, so that that connection still existed between oh, all of us. <laughs> I'm fucking turned on. 
You are absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. That connection. Hell, even the lady. Just even the lady that was singing was a musician. Not in our band, but she was a musician back in the day and has a great appreciation for it. And yep. that was last night. Aside from the prayer, that, that prayer fucking got me, dude. That yeah. really fucking got me. Like, I walked out of there and just felt like this huge weight was lifted off of my shoulders, and I was tearing up, and I felt it. But the other moment last night was sitting around that fire of all us, all of us singing, and it wasn't, you know, I, I gave people shit. Hey, come on, fuck, you don't know the fucking words, or come on, I, I can't sing this whole goddamn thing and play you it all myself. Man. You were the front man. But, like... Again, how many times have I sat down in front of you with a bunch of other people to play guitar in hopes that everybody would sing? And it was just me, and everybody wanted me to shut the fuck up. And before you know it, somebody's fucking, oh, let me connect to the Bluetooth and then jam this fucking song. That's number one, fuck you. That pisses me off. That's offensive to me. And, And fuck you. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. The radio's cool. STP's fucking great, but it's even better if we're all sitting here playing and singing it together. Fuck, fuck the radio. STP has never been better than it was last night when we were singing it together. Uh, you got a you got a point there. As bad as we sucked, we can't fucking sing. I can't right. fucking play. We're the shit. But that was the best STP I've ever fucking heard and felt in my life. And you know, while we were sitting there singing it, it was a performance for me. It absolutely was a performance for me. I was trying to sing that the best that I could and remember every what song were we singing where you you belted out a couple notes and I looked over and was like, What the fuck? And I said, What the fuck? And then you fucked up because I said what the fuck. Yeah. And then yeah. We all just sat there like, did Nick it just was, uh, get those notes? Nick just, you did, what? I did, what? I did. That was, uh, oh, it's it was the Santa purest Monica. form. What was it? Santa Monica. Yeah. After, uh, your face. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I am the dream of your Everclear. Yeah. Dude, we had a we had a good fucking time last night. I'm telling you, dude. And that music yeah. we did together was it tied it all together, man. Just like that fucking rug tied the room together. And they pissed on your rug. And that's how I feel every time I sit down to play the guitar. So Listen. people can enjoy some live music, and maybe sing on, sing along a little bit, and then yeah. they want to turn on the fucking radio. Yeah. Zach does no. this all the fucking no. time. No, dude, the tournament is not the issue here. <laughs> yeah, well, he pissed on my fucking rug. That's what they're doing. If I sit down and play some music with you guys, and you turn on the fucking radio instead, you're pissing on my fucking rug, man. I know I'm not fucking awesome, but I can stream out some chords, and we can do this. So, if you're not in it with me, you might as well go use the toilet in the back of the house. By the way... You know, um, keeping an uh, amphibious rodent for domestic purposes, 
That's not it's, legal either. It's. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we are sitting at one hour and 31 minutes long for episode two of season three of Campfire wow. Podcast. So, well, Nick, shit. what do you have to say? Uh, we appreciate you tuning in and listening to our banter. We hope everybody has a great week and uh, tune in next week. We'll find some better stuff to talk about. Maybe Joe will shut the fuck up a little bit. Is it my turn? It's my turn. I won't shut the fuck up a little bit, but I really appreciate everybody. I'm, I'm glad you're all with us. I'm glad these two motherfuckers are with me. And uh, it's been beautiful. So, you know, sit down, enjoy a little bit of tunes, love God, and don't piss on my fucking rug. <laughs> and uh, I would just like to second that from everyone. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and week and everything ahead. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>